Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. This one's going to be a lot of fun. If you're tuning in and have been looking for community, striving for community, trying to seek community and feel like you haven't found it, I have a special guest today, Alexis Dean, who's going to be talking to us all about a community that she created and more so about her story of how she got there. And Alexis, we met in a recent elite mastermind or elite coaching group with Dan Martell. And it was almost immediate as we became what felt like accountability partners in this group that we were just meant to connect and meant to put some mics in front of us and have a really open and authentic conversation around community. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And yeah, I always love when you just click with somebody right off the bat. I think the two of us were the chattiest people in our uh, our team thread. And uh, I'm so glad to finally have this opportunity to connect face to face. Absolutely. Also Ontario based and a Canadian. So that was an Woo. immediate connection too. <laughs> uh, we both live in small communities. I'm on Lake Huron and remind me the lake that you're on. We are on Potash Lake. So just now a mosquito flew by the screen. <laughs> I was hoping it wouldn't land on the camera. They are big up here. Yeah. So you're, you got to be mindful of when you're eating dinner outside, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> the mosquitoes will carry you away. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's, let's start with um, what feels like a big question and also sometimes a small question in terms of we ask this all the time, which is like, Hey, tell me your story. And that can be a lot to unpack, but I always like to start there. Tell me your story. How did we get here? And we'll talk more about your community as we go, but I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your path and journey to get here. 
Yeah, for sure. I am definitely an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> I uh, started my career as a teacher and then I worked all over the world um, doing teacher training um, and then working in corporate training um, and adult training and development. And I was based in Thailand at the end of that first part of my career. And I, I hit a wall, I hit burnout. And so I did a 10 day silent meditation retreat. And at the end of that, I found some real clarity that I was ready to move back to Canada after about 12 years of living all over and um, moved back to Canada and kind of fell into starting a corporate team building and training company. Um, and I've had that for about 10 years um, and thought that's what I wanted because it was giving me you know, success on the surface, the team grew, financially we were successful, we had, you know, fancy address downtown Toronto and all those things. But I had my head down just building this business and I didn't have connection. I, I was looking for connection, I was looking for my people and I couldn't find them. And I don't know if you have found that too, but as entrepreneurs, it is not always easy to find your people. So um, my solution was, I thought I'd put together um, in Canada, in Ontario at least, we have what we call cottages, which is like lake houses or like places north of the city. So I thought I would put together a cottage weekend. I'd find like a dozen cool entrepreneurs that I wanted to spend a weekend with and then I would make friends for myself. And I ended up with a list of 50 who wanted to come. <laughs> and wow. that was the beginning of the Dovetail community. Amazing. Gosh, it is so lonely. I there's there's already parallels to our story. I worked in corporate HR for 15 years, hit burnout, had some things happen from a health standpoint, which listeners are very familiar with my story. But there's so many parallels to like you hit burnout and then what? Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious for you in that silent meditation, that retreat in 10 days, like what came up for you in terms of that clarity? How how did you know what the next step needed to be after? pausing for some time? Yeah, I uh, didn't. <laughs> I spent the first three days. <clears throat> it's actually more like 12 days. So it's kind of like Vipassana. If people have done Vipassana, you can do it in Canada. You can do it in the States. You can do it all over the world. But this was at a monastery in the jungle in Thailand. So it was like Vipassana-ish is the closest thing that you could get mm -hmm. to it. But um, I spent like the first three, four days just in so much inner turmoil that was presenting as anger. And I was just pissed at mm -hmm. everything and everyone. Like, it's pretty hard to be mad at a monk, but somehow <laughs> I, like, I just had this like rage. Like I had to do this sweeping job every day and I was just angry about sweeping. And like, just, you know, when you finally like try to settle your mind down, your mind will create anything to distract you. And mm -hmm. so mine created anger and rage. And I think now that that was part of my process. I needed to release that. I needed to see that there had been like a lot of tension and anger hiding beneath all of my nice exterior because I've always been a nice woman and nice person. Um, and yeah, about four or five days in that kind of broke. It was a partially fasted retreat. And even when we were eating, it was like a light soup or like they actually gave us sticks at one point. Um, so I think it took four or five days for like my system to clear itself out and for like that clarity from fasting to kick in. Mm. And uh, really, I didn't like while I was there, I, I didn't even think I was like searching for an answer about what I should do. I thought I might go back to the job I'd been in. Um, but then I, I went to a beach afterwards and I had time on my own and time without meditation, time to actually think and write and stuff. Cause when you're meditating, you're not really thinking like that. 
Um, and that's when the clarity came and the clarity really just came from a level of self-confidence that I didn't have before. Um, it wasn't that I didn't have ideas, you know, I had all sorts of ideas. I was really creative. It's how I grew in my career and became successful, but I just didn't have the confidence to start something of my own until I took that time away and recognized that I had it all within me. Mm, Isn't that the truth? Gosh, I've been on such a similar journey of unpacking this exterior, the conditioned external that we project out based on all the stories and the upbringing and culture and media and all the things that come into our lives that create this external persona that we, or I felt, I'll talk through the lens of I, that I felt I should look like, should be like, Mm -hmm. should act like the good girl. You know, that was a, obviously a big conversation the last couple of years is what does that mean? How do we unpack that? And you're so right. This journey back to self, this journey to realize we have all the answers within and Mm -hmm. breaking down the exterior, the really hard exterior for me, at least, um, that I had built up almost these walls and I'm still unpacking those walls. Don't get me wrong. I'm still very much in the journey. It's just amazing what can happen when we take the time to pause and slow down and tap into what our inner guidance, inner voice, inner knowing is actually trying to tell us. Yeah. Mm. It's a skill. It's a learnable skill. I think people think that they don't have it or they're not a visionary, you know, because that term gets thrown around. I think it's just something we can practice doing and everyone can learn how to do it. Mm. What does that look like for you? So what would, so if somebody asked you like, well, how do you practice or how do you develop that skill? What are some of the tools that have really supported you to, to develop that one? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't have 10 days to take off into silence and a meditation retreat, it's such a cliche, but it's meditation. It's just quieting down everything external and making it a priority. And nobody wants to do it. And everyone thinks I have more important things to do. I've got to get to, you know, whatever is going on in your business at any scale of business, whether you have 2000 employees, 220 or two, whatever it is, everyone's capable of making those excuses of like, who has time for that? That's not a priority, but actually carving out the time. Like I have it on my calendar every Friday afternoon. I take a couple hours because of where I live. I either go for a hike or a canoe by myself without my phone, without music, without podcasts, without distraction. And then I take my journal and I give myself the freedom to like, just check in with myself. And sometimes I write and sometimes I don't you know, sometimes I feel like trail running instead of just hiking. And I need to just like get that out of me because there's something stuck inside my head or stuck in my body. And I just need to go shake it off. And sometimes I, you know, do the whole, I am a big follower and and user of this um, program called the class. And so sometimes I'll just like go out in the woods and do the class moves, (laughs) which is just like letting it all go. But actually prioritizing that check-in with my inner wisdom is probably the biggest business tip I have for anyone. And like the most successful people I know are doing that in some fashion, whether it's through running or swimming or hiking or meditation or whatever it might be. It's just that like actually intentionally putting it on the calendar and not letting anything else get in the way of that. Mm. Gosh, it sounds like our five non-negotiables that we're in this community with. I really recognize and commend you to put it on the calendar. 
Mm-hmm. I live in, you know, live and breathe by my calendar at this point in the growth of my business. And I look at my calendar and I take note to what are the things that are on that calendar. And I'll be honest with you. Meditation is not on there. Readings on there, um, which is a form for me. There's definitely working out, which is a form of meditation for me. I'm with you. There's something that happens that transcends differently for me. When I put pen to paper, Mm-hmm. I just see thought differently. I see my own thoughts in a clearer way. It allows me to process all the emotions and energy that's in my head. And while I do that on a daily basis, it's actually not in the calendar. So thank you mm-hmm. for that tip. I think that will actually help prioritize it energetically in a different way to recognize that I'm like visually seeing it daily, that yeah. it's in this calendar. It's a priority. It's something that we're doing. And that's been almost, almost this reignition of commitment and energy within me as we've done five non-negotiables in this coaching program we're in. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the simple things that, that when we can stack consistency, make such a difference in our, you know, I think mind, body, spirit, soul connection all across the board. Yeah. What has your experience been with the non-negotiables and making commitments? I say that to a a woman that just finished 75 hard and is into the next phase of that. So commitment is something that you're very conscious about, but talk about what these stacking of small commitments has actually left or brought to your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the five non-negotiables. I've been doing them for a while, but not in Dan's uh, phrasing. I did like a hundred day cold plunge challenge this winter and we live on a lake. So I sit in the ice for three to five minutes a day and I did it a hundred days in a row. And even when I was in the city, I was doing five minute freezing showers. And I've always been a big fan of like finding those consistent moments throughout the day and measuring them. And people like, I've had friends and family kind of make fun of me for it and I don't care. Um, And they're like, oh, everything doesn't have to be so hardcore. And I'm like, it's not about being hardcore. It's just about reminding myself that I can be consistent in that it starts my day with that consistency. It's like the CIA consistency, consistency, integrity, and accountability. And it is a way to wake up and remind myself of who I am and that I am consistent and I have integrity with the things that I want and the things that I say I want that I am. And I have accountability to myself and in some ways to others because I did the the 100 day cold plunge uh, for charity. So I love all those things. I wanted to just quickly circle back for you and for listeners. I put, not only do I put that time on the calendar and I think like important things like this go on the calendar, but if you are running, we use EOS in both my businesses. If you're running EOS, you're running any other system where you have a scorecard, I put it on my scorecard. And I would recommend for your team members to put this stuff in your scorecard. I put dreaming and scheming and the number of hours that I do it every week on the scorecard. And we actually track the data of when I'm taking that time every week. When I'm taking that two hours, we can track our sales going up, which is kind of (laughs) wild. But Mm -hmm. I do, especially for the one business I'm, or I do sales for Dovetail, so I'm, I guess, connection, community connection. But it's amazing how you can actually watch like those metrics. It's it's another way to like make sure that your team respects that time, that you respect that time and that you give yourself that gift of like committing to dreaming and scheming and having open mind time and having creative time. So anyways, mm, <laughs> circle back. <laughs> great circle back on that EOS. Uh, I talk about EOS a lot on the podcast, but Gina Wickman, um, if you haven't yeah. d- dove deep into the EOS model, it is a operating system for entrepreneurs that really creates established foundation foundations and helps 
build on foundations. So things like scorecards and KPIs and holding people accountable and the different check-ins you do with your teams, it's a model that could be really, really effective as you build and scale business. So thank you for sharing that. That is such a gift. Yeah. Thank you. I love EOS and huge, huge fan. And even if you're like, even if you're running a smaller team, it's still, you can bring it in, you can self-implement early days, which is really, really nice. So I love this. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you come home from Thailand. You, at that point in time, did I hear you say you started a business in more of the corporate learning and development space or talk a little bit about that initial transition where you felt like you were finding the quote unquote answers and maybe you did find the, the answers in that experience, but what did you learn about that next transitional phase of life before dovetail became a reality? Hmm. I found myself doing what I'd always done, which is like doing the right thing, <laughs> checking the boxes, <laughs> you know, grow the team, hire the salespeople, make the money, get the contracts. Like we got in with all the big banks through connections and through relationship-based sales and then hiring on sales guys. I shouldn't say guys, but they were. Um, and so I did what I thought I should do as like to be a successful, you know, in quotations, mm-hmm. uh, business owner. And it was lonely and it was isolating and it wasn't, I shouldn't say it wasn't totally fulfilling because I still own the business. <laughs> um, it's two roads team building, which is amazing. And I'm very lucky. I have a great partner who runs that business. Um, I still sometimes make guest appearances over there. Um, I'm in the meetings every week, which is fun, but I don't mm-hmm. facilitate everything myself anymore. Um, but yeah, that transition was just like another reminder of like doing what is expected, doing what my head led me into, not my heart. Um, it wasn't like soul work. It was like work, work and like better than a nine to five. Cause I got to run it and I got to do what I wanted and travel and take the time I wanted and work from where I wanted and, and do all those things, but it wasn't lighting me up. And then I started dovetail. And it, again, totally, not total fluke, like I knew what I was doing. And I knew when I rented a place to bring 50 women up into Muskoka, uh, which is like north of Toronto by about three hours, it was the middle of winter, it was minus 30 Celsius. And I had women from like California, Georgia, and like Florida, and New York, and Vancouver, and Toronto, and Halifax, and all these ladies coming who um, had no idea they were risking hypothermia. Um, (laughs) But coming into Canada, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know that it was going to evolve into a whole other business. I knew that I wanted it to be at least this gathering. And then if it worked, maybe we would do another one. And that's kind of how it went at first. It was like, we did the first one. And at the end, they were like, what are we doing next? And I was like, I'm going back to work. <laughs> and um, and they invited uh, one of the ladies from New York, said, why don't we bring a group down to New York? So we went to New York and another one uh, had a winery. And uh, she was like, why don't we do a winery weekend? So I led one of those. And we had about 25 women on each. And then the opportunity came to do a West Coast summit. So I did another one and kind of on and on it went like that for a couple of years until I realized like I am burning the candle on all ends and not treating Dovetail like a business and not having enough team support and draining the other business to like support Dovetail, (laughs) which is not good. And that was a big transition too of like this beautiful community that you have built is also a business and can be a business. And then there is no shame in that. Mm, I love this. There's so much to unpack here. I'm so curious to hear about just different insights you you've gained through this experience of building community. I always like to ground 
energetically into what language means. And I'm curious Mm. for you, what is a community? How do you define it through the lens, through your lens? Yeah. Uh, Real community to me is, um, I think the term is often misused right now. I think everyone who has an Instagram following is calling it a community. Um, But community to me is where really high authenticity and really high connection collide. Um, And so it is a space where people feel a deep sense of belonging, where they feel safety, where they can be completely themselves in the right community, uh, in the right fit community. We are completely ourselves. We don't have to wear any masks. Um, And where we feel deeply, genuinely, genuinely connected to one another, not to one figurehead or one guru or one influencer. That would be a one directional relationship or a para, what is it? Parasocial friendship, Mm -hmm. Um, which is like that. We think we're friends with the influencer, but they don't even know us and we don't really know other people within the so-called community. Um, and so, yeah, that's what it is for me. And for the woman in dovetail, it's, it is a place of deep belonging and real relationships and authenticity and really high safety and trust because we bring together some pretty epic business owners and making big moves and all those things. And you can't do that when you're in a space where confidentiality isn't respected or when there's like hundreds of people or when people are, um, intoxicated and loose lipped. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a different sort of space than I'd ever been participating in before. I love this. Let's unpack dovetail a little bit more. We'll talk about the summit in a minute. My curiosity is when women find you, what are they seeking? Hmm. <laughs> They're seeking a few things. So some women just think that they need, um, I, I guess like I would say a lot of women when they first find us and they're first introduced to me or to other community members, they're like, I just need a really good network. I just need other women. I'm looking for referrals. I'm looking for resources. I need business insights. Like I need a network. I hate the word network. Um, <laughs> network is like low connection, low authenticity, business card swapping kind of thing. But that's sort of where some people come in. That's what they think is possible for them. They're like, I just think I need some people that I can, you know, we can do business together. That's a kind of like at the club. Like if you're a club member, most clubs are kind of like that. It's sort of networky. There's not really a deep, really a deep connection. And then we get the woman who you know, they're in a place in their life, like most of our ladies are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, they found success or they've built success for themselves, but they've built it in their business and they haven't necessarily integrated that into the rest of their life. And so they're in a place where they might be in the day-to-day of their business still, or they might've stepped back from that, or, you know, they're no longer the director or the CEO and they're looking for more as in like, okay, I can do anything, you know, maybe I have young kids, maybe I don't, but I can do anything with my life at this point. We could move to Italy. Would that be satisfying? I don't know. Like I could put my kids in a different school. Maybe that would be good. I don't know. And they're kind of in a place where like, maybe they want to become investors. Maybe they want to start something new. Maybe they want to build a software company. We have women who've done that, (laughs) Um, but they're not entirely sure about the next play or how it's going to fit with their life or even who to talk to about it. Cause like, Other people don't get that. You know, if you're in a community where people are just growing and scaling new businesses, they're not in a place where they can talk about these kind of options or what next or legacy or anything like that. So we have women who are in that space too. And it's hard. I get it. I talk to all of them. It's really hard to find a space where that kind of conversation is 
possible and where you're going to find the support, the solutions, the ideas, and be able to bounce around the ideas about, about what might be next for you. So, Oh my gosh, my soul is lit up. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of my core values is depth, depth mm. and depth and connection, depth and conversation, real conversations about, I love growth. I love being surrounded by just different conversations about things I don't know anything about just so that I can be open and a sponge to soak in something new and curiosity is something I love just seeking more and asking questions from a place of genuine interest and not, um, not accolades anymore. The moreness Mm -hmm. is no longer for a badge of honor. It's genuine curiosity and, and following those, those little, um, breadcrumbs that are there for us in life. Yeah. I can't tell you how often I've been seeking community like this in transition from corporate leadership to running your own business. When you're in an environment like a corporation, this is my experience. You grow up in different organizations. You build a brand in that organization. You become known for things in that organization. And a lot of the external validation of titling and financials and those accolades, like the gold stars that were presented to me, made me feel worthy. Hmm. And as I broke, broke down (laughs) to break through, there was a big, um, Alexis, I'm not sure if I've shared this with you. Uh, I was diagnosed the week that I became a VP of HR, I was also diagnosed with a brain tumor. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. And in hindsight, a decade later, I can see the correlations of my body physically breaking down to the dis-ease, the disease that was the environment I was in, the beliefs and the stories and perspectives I had created in my life. So went into mm-hmm. a deep, I have been on a deep inner journey for the last decade, unpacking those stories and those thoughts and those perspectives and craving community in a different light, in a different level. And as I shifted to entrepreneurship, which to your point has offered me so much beauty in life, inclusive of leaving cities and living on Lake Huron and traveling with our kids in the winter and building a team that I want to build with the people I want to do life and business with. There's so many beautiful things that have shown up. What I've been seeking is depth and connection and community. I've joined masterminds. I've joined roundtables. I've put myself in rooms and containers, and I believe in investing in yourself to be able to really show up fully and immerse yourself into experience. What I'm hearing you say, though, is a completely different vibrational level than I've heard of any any other mastermind, I'll call it, or community that I've been in. And where, you know, there is more of like a leader who's done it before who you're you're striving to be like or you're curious right. to learn from. Yeah. I'm curious through your lens. How do you break down or how has dovetail? organically or very intentionally been created where it's less of quote unquote round table mastermind and more of community authenticity and real genuine connection. How have, how has that shown up? Tell me yeah. more. 
And how do you replicate it? Because this isn't oh. something like I am open source. I, in both companies, like if you come and ask me how to run a corporate team building or you want to do a training for your team and you don't necessarily have the resources to hire somebody to come and run it from our team, I'm happy to share. Um, and the same thing goes for community building. I think there's a lot of really well-intentioned people um, who host events and that's cool. Events can be great, but it is, it's really hard work to get to a space where you have real peer-to-peer -peer connection without hierarchy, without a coach or a guru, <laughs> um, and where it lasts, like where we have women that have been with us for five years um, and women who, you know, they come in and out because they capacity wise, depending on where they are in the world, they can't always be in person. So they'll come to summit and then maybe they'll come to one other retreat throughout the year. Um, but to get to that, I think it really helped that I am not a coach, that I'm not, you know, I built a business, but to be honest, my business is smaller than 99% of the women in my community. Um, but I'm a professional facilitator. So that's the skill that I bring. That's the gift that I bring. And that is, um, again, for anyone wanting to do this, that's the confidence that I can bring to the table. Is I know how to facilitate and how to bring people into the room, remove hierarchy, create a really safe space for people to be able to open up and share and push them just a little bit out of their comfort zone of the usual, you know, networky, chitty chatty, mask wearing, I can kind of show up and do my thing and then leave and everyone will kind of think I'm really good at doing my thing. I can get people a little past that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I can get people a lot past that. Um, and that's what I strive to do with Dovetail. So really creating a space where, um, yes, the business conversations happen and the deals are made and all those things go on, but it doesn't come from a place of like pitching or selling ourselves. It comes from really deep, authentic relations um, mm -hmm. and really building friendships and um, really being honest with ourselves and with each other which is hard, <laughs> but I love it. It sure is. So, yeah. It sure is. <laughs> and those are the rooms. Those are the containers. Those are the experiences that I can look back in my life and genuinely notice step change moments, things that have opened up for me, other opportunities that have presented themselves inclusive of things like business results, where they're on the heels of the deep inner work, the deep, like holding the mirror up, really taking a look having maybe other humans give me feedback on what they're seeing in terms of my persona and how I show up in the world. Those have been really yeah. transformational experiences. And I have no doubt that that is what you're creating when you're bringing these women together. My curious questions, because I know you've talked a little bit about dovetail and what the women are seeking when they come in, what are, the, what are these weekends feel like, look like, you know, I think, I think to <laughs> ask the question, I know that's hard to, to answer, but like, oh, what no, is summit? You, you've, you've <laughs> mm -hmm. said summit, like, what is that? What does that mean? Yeah. So that was, that's our flagship event. That's the gathering that I host once a year, um, in a private lodge. Uh, it's not disclosed where it is. We pulled all that. <laughs> um, I used to. So if you go on our website, it gives you a little bit of info, but I speak to every single person who is interested, who's a fit, who's referred, um, to be totally honest, we've been like 99% referral up until this past year. Um, 
which is nice, but also I really want to expand beyond that because I think that we all know people who are kind of like us. Um, and so it's nice to just bring in people. Like I would love to bring in more people from around the world. So really working beyond that. But um, Summit is our, like I said, it's our flagship event. It happens once a year. We invite 50 top women entrepreneurs from across North America and around the world, but mostly it's North America, a couple of Europeans and a couple of Australians thrown in the mix. Um, and it's a four day retreat meets unconference. Uh, we have no stages, nothing is filmed, nothing is recorded and everyone signs an NDA. There's no pitching, <laughs> um, but there's a whole lot of real that comes to the table, which is really, really, really nice. Um, I facilitate it uh, myself and then with women from the community. So because there's no stages, uh, we like to use lodges. Last year we went to a private location in the Bahamas, but this year we're at another lodge. And the reason we use lodges is because they create coziness and intimacy and comfort. Mm -hmm. People can let down their hair, take off their shoes, wear slippers if they want. <laughs> um, and uh, we host roundtables that are facilitated by women within the community um, who either self-nominate or who peers nominate. It's kind of a nice thing when your peers nominate because it's something that um, – you know, they know, you know, that they're interested in hearing from you uh, on an experience. And so, you know, we have, we have a lot of authors in the group. A lot of our ladies are like top speakers in their industry. So sure, they could come and give us their typical speech. But the nice thing about Dovetail is you're going to have a real conversation with them and not get their usual speech that they give in front of 10,000 people, um, which is really cool. So our roundtables are usually six, seven, eight women at most. Um, really intimate settings where the woman who's hosting that roundtable is sharing from her experience and then opening it to a discussion and conversation. And because everybody in the room is so experienced, the conversations that happen are not just from one woman's expertise. It's sharing from everyone. It's asking questions from everyone. It's storytelling from everyone. And I would say the biggest outcome from Dovetail is that we don't know the things we don't know. And so at Dovetail, people realize the things that they don't know and they learn about them and their minds are open to them and their eyes are open to them. And they realize that, you know, if they didn't come in with this approach, that they leave with the approach of like that there is so much in the world for us to learn. And there are so many incredible people to learn it from. And it's really, you know, Summit is designed as the beginning of a lifelong relationship. Even if I'm not in that lifelong relationship, like we have women, to be honest, we have women who came four years ago and then COVID happened and they didn't stay in the online group, um, but they're still connected to each other, which is all I really care about. Like I'm not, I'm no one's guru, I'm no one's coach. If they decide not to stay in the thing, that I'm hosting, but they're still in relationship with other women who support them. That's my goal with Dovetail. So mm. that is our summit. And, and we combine those, you know, really powerful intimate roundtables and conversations with like delicious food. And I curate the seating for dinners so that everyone has a chance to, because I know everyone's story, I want to make sure that those connections are made, especially if there's things people are seeking or that you know, in conversation, I recognize that this would be something that could really support them. Um, and then in the afternoons, we take a little bit of time off of all the thinking because they're all really good at, <laughs> at being very brain centered and, and really just focusing and thinking and, you know, mind expansion. We take a little time off from that and we go and do shared experiences. So sometimes those are outdoorsy things. It's not required. Not everyone's a big hippie like me. Um, and sometimes it's indoorsy stuff. Like we have ladies who are not interested in going into walking in the woods or kayaking. Um, and so in 
in that case, we have local artists come in, we have massages and, and other indoorsy things. But the idea is that we just take a little bit of time away from the thinking and the thinking and the thinking and give ourselves a moment to lay in a hammock or do some art or go for a kayak. And of course, there's conversations happening then, but it's just that mental pause and the break to allow the, the learning and the connecting and all of the goodness to soak in. So that is, mm. that is summit. And I love it. Oh my gosh. I know I can feel that. I yeah. feel that through a computer screen and <laughs> there's just a different vibration as you're talking through it in terms of like what it really means, what it, what it stands for. And it brings me back to a conversation you and I had off camera when we first hopped on, which was this, the, that there's so much loneliness in the world, especially on the heels of COVID as people are trying to reintegrate and find their feet again in a lot of ways, that loneliness is so real. And I have felt incredibly lonely, not only in business, but I've also felt very lonely moving to a smaller community and feeling like I couldn't find like-minded entrepreneurs, frankly, or just the more elevated conversation and I'm curious your thoughts on loneliness in general and how bringing this heart-centered community together has helped shift that for you personally and any feedback you've heard from women that are in the group as well. Yeah, totally. I think entrepreneurship is amazing and it's terribly lonely. And that's not like a sexy marketing thing. It's not like I'm putting that on our homepage, like entrepreneurship is awful and lonesome, but it really is. And like, as you grow, as your business grows, it can become more lonely. You know, once you're even more, you know, at a different level of success and, and maybe you've written the books and you're on the big stages and you know, you're, you've got a team and of people that are looking at you and maybe you've got a board. I mean, the loneliness is just amplified. And then you get to a place where you don't want to, you don't want to burden the people around you by telling them too much of the truth. And you don't want to scare the crap out of people around you by telling them, telling them too much of the truth. And so you just keep it all in because you can do it all right. You don't want to burden your partner. You don't want to burden your family. You don't want to burden your friends who probably aren't going to relate if they're not really, you know, successful entrepreneurs. And then you really can't open up because if you start telling like your team and your board that you're having doubts about anything. <laughs> That's just an invitation for disaster. And so it forces us inward. Um, and yeah, really creates a space where even if we say we're really, we can trust people, we're not really trusting anyone else with the truth. Um, and it just creates, yeah, just a level of loneliness that is not understandable by most people. And uh, so I think, you know, you compound that with like the COVID loneliness effects and what's happening in the world at large, which is like the Surgeon General in the US just declared like an epidemic of loneliness and the mental health mm. impact of all that. And it's like, woof, a whole lot um, for entrepreneurs. And so my part of what I do with Dovetail is create a space where people can show up and turn to each other and say, like, I, you know, we've had situations in the community just to give a, a story example is probably better, but where people had to make major layoffs and it was going to be in the public eye and um, it was going to get messy and they knew that they were going to be shredded, but personally they were going to be shredded for it. And like, who do you go to with that? Who do you talk to? 
like, do you go to your partner who's already feeling the pressure and, you know, that you, you want to like have that escape almost from work you can't go to your team and talk about it in the same way. And so like, she was able to come to women in dovetail and say like, this is what's going on. How do I deal with it? And there are other women who are able to say like, oh my gosh, I went through the same thing that happened with me. This is what I did. This is who I talked to. You can call me, call me in the middle of the night if you need to. Like that's like, you can't, pay for that. That's, you know, you could hire a therapist or something, but they're not going to be able to relate. They've never been in that position. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's why it's important to have people who really understand you, who you really trust, who you can totally confide in, who you can bring your whole self to and who aren't going to judge you or vilify you for the things that are normal in business. And I might add are normal in business. And when men do them, no one blinks an eye. <laughs> so it's also really nice to have other women who can deeply yes. relate. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think there's so much truth to, you know, I've heard this since the minute I walked into business. It's lonely at the top, right? Yeah. That has been something that has, I feel like been on billboards I've seen. Mm -hmm. And where, yes, that is true in corporate settings, in leadership roles, we can also feel very lonely. I felt very lonely in that, in that context, mm -hmm. as I've made these transitions and removed myself from being in environments where there's just thousands of people always around and always somebody who needs you. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was on my own and had to make my own agenda and had to figure out where do I spend my time and who do I spend it with? that was a different level of loneliness. I didn't know existed because I was always quote unquote needed for something in my past life in the past version or, you know, business I was in. This is just, there's so much goodness here in terms of finding other as a woman, finding other women who have lived experiences that you can learn from. You can raise your hand and say me too. I've been there. Here was my experience where yeah. you feel like regardless of what you say, there's no judgment. That is in some ways, I'll call it magic, right? How do you, how do you quantify that? How do you qualify that? It's, it's a setting that gets created where you feel like you can show up authentically a hundred percent yourself and I hope that dovetail is one of many that start because in our world, I genuinely, genuinely believe we need more of this. Yes. I'm curious for you as a leader in community, whether or not you'll take that title or not, but I really sense that you are leading a new movement in community and what community can mean specifically to women. What are you seeing in the space? Are there others popping up or what? I'm curious just to understand holistically, what do you see? Yeah. Um, I mean, in entrepreneurship, for sure, at large, I think people are trying to fill the gaps. Um, this is a much longer discussion, but I think that um, older you know, communities that existed as far as neighborhoods don't exist the same way. And there is like a resurgence of people trying to build connection and community where they live, which I think is a beautiful thing. I lived in an intentional community for a little while on the West Coast and it was amazing. Um, I don't know that every suburb in Toronto is going to go in that direction though. Um, churches, like they don't exist, like 
I live in a community where there's three churches and every attendee in our churches is over the age of 65. So young people, I think, are really needing a place to belong and they're looking for it online. And, you know, influencers are sort of stepping in to say, like, you can be part of my community, but it's to me, that's the parasocial thing, right? It's like one person and you don't really have a relationship with them or anyone else in the circle. So I'm hopeful that more groups will start to pop up and more opportunities for people to feel a deeper sense of belonging and connection and support um, and that they won't be led by cultier leaders, should I say? Because um, <laughs> there's definitely an opening. Hey, if you want to start a cult, this is a great time because um, there's a gap there. Uh, and then when it comes to entrepreneurship, I think it's starting, I'm starting to see more of it. I think more people are looking for it. So they're trying. Um, I've talked to a number of women specifically who are like, oh, I put together a retreat in my state and, you know, it's really hard to fill it or I did it, but, you know, we planned for this event for one of the days of the retreat and then it rained. So I didn't know what to do. So everyone just kind of hung out. And like, that's where I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to step in and support people with actually creating like rain or shine, wherever your event is, whatever you're doing, there is a way to actually build connection and community around it that isn't just about being an event host so um yeah i think it's coming and i'm excited for it and i'm excited to see you know whether you're into like wild adventure travel there's a space for you and if you're really into like partying and psychedelics there's a space for you and if you're at a certain level of your business and you're you identify as a woman there's a space for you um so yeah i'm excited to see more of it and to be leading in that space because it's something i definitely love and, and love to speak on so Thank you. Keep using your voice. You're needed. <laughs> and the fact that you bring that skill set of facil facilitation to the table where you understand how to move people through experience in a really authentic and genuine way can support so many others who are seeking similar outcomes of just real authentic connection and maybe don't come from similar backgrounds where they have the language or the frameworks to be able to move people through genuine experience. So I love it. Keep using your voice. I'm a new and will be a longtime fan. I just have loved conversation and the connection with you and so excited to continue to build our relationship as I know it's, it's just getting started. I will link everything in the show notes, but tell people where they can meet you and spend time with you. And if they're curious to learn more about summit for this year, one, are there opportunities? And two, how would they apply? Yeah. So uh, we're not actually, as a company, active on Instagram anymore, which I know is very much in opposition to what uh, <laughs> the group that Jackie and I are a part of. But um, personally, I am. Uh, so my last name is not Dovetail, but I, you can find me on Instagram at alexis.dovetail. Um, and then just our website is where there's a little bit more information about Summit. Um, Summit is the opening for uh, further membership. We do have a year-round membership for a really small number of exceptional women entrepreneurs. Um, and that won't open until after Summit this year. So the opportunity is um, to apply for Summit, apply for nomination. We do have a handful of spots left for this October. Um, and I'm having calls now, but I'm getting married in about 10 days and I will be oh off of God. calls. <laughs> so if you're hearing this, I don't know when this will go live. But um, you may get an auto response and I may be in touch with you after our wilderness honeymoon where I will be turning off all phones and laptops, etc. So still on calls right up until the day before our wedding. And then after that, uh, all applications will be sort of deferred till the end of July. Um, 
Beautiful. Very excited for that. (laughs) We will link everything up and congratulations on the upcoming wedding. And so happy for you to turn off all the noise and just really go and stay connected within that relationship and that container. So enjoy yourself. We will link everything up (laughs) and I'm so excited to continue the conversation. Could not be more grateful for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart and just your openness to really start to bring containers together, which create authentic, authentic connections. So Alexis, appreciate you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. (laughs) Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on The Jackie Service Show.